Stafford turns, fakes the gift to Peterson, sets deep in the pocket, throws deep right side, wants Marvin Jones, got him! Inside the five, to the end zone, touchdown Detroit Lions! Stafford to Jones on the connection, that's a big one too for Detroit, 43 yards! What's up Lions fans and welcome to the Blue Blood Podcast, this is your host Jonathan alongside your host Colton. Hey guys, how's it going? And the Lions season is now officially over for 2020. So we're going to go ahead and do a season recap and just break it down into quarters, talk about it. We might talk a little bit about the head coach and GM vacancies, but our next episode is going to be 100% based off of that. We'll talk about our opinions with there being now six head coaching vacancies and eight general manager vacancies. I think I got that right. So that will be interesting to see how that pans out in the next few weeks and months. So we're just going to go ahead and roll right into it. Um, Colton, if you want to talk about the game a little bit, you can. If not, we'll just start with the recap. I don't really got... Okay, yes, I do. Never mind, I take it back. Yeah, you go for it first, though. I definitely have something to say. Talking about the Vikings game? Yep. Yeah, so uh, Lions lost in a typical fashion. Stafford lit it up, and it wasn't enough. Kind of got screwed out of a couple calls. It is what it is. Definitely did. Fourth and goal, and they call roughing the passer when they say he... The ref's explanation was that he added his full body weight when if you watch the video, Tracy Walker is trying to roll over him, like flip over him. He's trying to completely miss him. That's It's stupid. That's inexcusable. It's a dumb call. The Marvin Jones touchdown, the ball does not touch the ground. It moves when he's touching the ground, but the ball is still in his possession. No one else is touching it. He's not out of bounds. That's a catch. Um... The like yes, we still scored on that drive, so that one's not that big of a deal in my opinion. But not calling that on fourth and goal when you flip the field, that's a touchdown. That's that matters. So yeah. that's a big deal. Like you said, Stafford twenty for thirty one, two hundred and ninety three yards, three touchdowns and then that one pick. But like you said, defense completely sucked. Stafford lit it up and we let out another thirty seven. And if I did my math right, one, two, three Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve games out of our sixteen, we allowed thirty-four points or more on the season. Yeah. Gross. That's disgusting. I can't. We were close, but we did not hit the franchise record for the amount of points given up in the season. I have no yeah, we idea did. how. Oh, did we get the points? Too? Yeah, the we, oh. need, we needed to let not needed to, but you had to let up thirty-six <laughs> to have that happen and. Oh, just kidding. What a 37. So, we, the Detroit Lions had the worst statistical defense in franchise history this year. That's disgusting. The most yards and most points ever given up in a Detroit Lions uniform as a team. And that was this year. So, 34 points given up or more in 12 out of our 16 games. That's horrible. The only game that didn't happen was the Jaguars, who have no offense. The Bears twice which they're the bears and then what was the one game oh then washington yeah 27 sorry i messed it up it was 11 out of uh 16 not 12 because the falcons scored 22 but it's just bad and yeah that game didn't mean anything so we lost i don't know if we technically got better draft position or not i think we did yeah, I think if we would have won, we would have gone up to like 
somewhere around 10th or so. Okay. So we are sitting at number seven currently. Last year we were at number eight. I think that's a good spot. Last year we were at three. Oh, just kidding. Two years ago we were at eight. I take that back. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I still think seven's a good spot. We can trade up if we really want someone. We'll talk about draft later. I'm going to get too involved in that if we go in there. Um, All right. Break down first four games of the season. Go for it. Um, I we kind of talked about them as we went, but defense started out okay versus Chicago, and then just obviously injuries happened, broke down, lost. Green Bay started off hot, broke down, lost. Man, it's it's the same story for these first couple of games. Um, Arizona, back and forth, ended up coming out on top. That, we got to uh, remember we forced three interceptions in we that did, game. And, I don't know, Kyler Murray lately has been so hot and cold. Yep. In terms of, like, like almost not not to the exactly this level, but almost to a Jared Goff type. Like, I agree. He, like, he throws a pick, he's, like, done for the rest of the game, you know? I don't see either of them as top ten quarterbacks currently. So. But... Yeah, that one, and then you got one more. <laughs> yeah, so and then the Saints game uh, started off what four up fourteen nothing in that. Yep. And then the Saints scored thirty five unanswered points. <laughs> yeah. So. Lions tried to come That's back, couldn't do it. it so bad. So. Yeah, first quarter of the season went one and three. Point differential of negative twenty eight. What you got? I mean, it's bad. It not a, I don't know. If you told me we went 1-3, I would have thought it was worse. So. Mm-hmm. And then second quarter of the season, we started off on a high note beating the worst team in the league, the Jaguars. And we beat them 34-16, and that was also without Gardner Minshew. Oh, no, it was with Gardner Minshew. Just yeah. kidding. That was right before he broke everything. Um, that game was DeAndre Swift's breakout game. He had 116 yards, two touchdowns. That's when we're like, oh, crap, look, he's good. This is probably the only game in the season that we actually had Swift and Galladay at least go off. Yeah. Because Galladay had four receptions for 105 yards, so both were over 100. That's what happens when we have both of them. And then we were, what is that then, 2-3? and three? Yeah, we're sitting at 2-3. and three. Then we go into the Falcons game. That was a freaking nail-biter. That's a classic game. Our defense randomly did a decent job. I don't know why, but they did. Um, well, Gurley gave up the game, to be quite honest with you. Um, I hope you guys remember that. So, But we still won. And then we were sitting at 3-3. Three and three. We were at 500. We were like, sweet, maybe we can get on a run. This is when we were both like, okay, we can do this. The Colts is a real test. And then we just get smashed. Yeah. And then we go to 3-4. and four. We lose by 20 points. That game, the Stafford interception, and then I want to say, let me check. Um, what are you checking? Yeah, he did fumble. Yep. So that was also the fumble in that game, too, when we were about to score. Yeah. So two turnovers in that can overcome that. Score should have been a little closer, but we still got killed. And then we go from sitting at 3-3 three and three on a two-game win streak to 3-4, and four, and then we go into Minnesota, and we lose by 14 points, and Davin Cook has a career day with 22 carries, 206 yards, and two TDs. 
That and was like the most conservative I've ever seen Stafford play. That was yep. remember that was the game where he was put on the COVID list the week before. And oh yeah, yeah. And then that was also the game he threw those two weird interceptions to linebackers. I know one of them he was trying to fit. The second one I don't think he saw the guy. So his stats for that one: twenty-three, thirty-two, two eleven, one touchdown, and two picks. And our leading rusher DeAndre Swift only had sixty yards. Our reading receiver only had seventy yards with Danny Madola. So that yeah. game was bad. It the score doesn't explain how bad it was. So we went from two game one streak three and three to now we're sitting at three and five. Go ahead and get to the good stuff. Uh, so this is a game I, I've tweeted about it a couple times um, that both teams, uh, Washington and Detroit, ended up regretting the result. I think. Um, Washington just barely clinched the playoffs this week. Uh-huh. Um, but you flip that game and all of a sudden they're in the playoffs and we're sitting at a much better draft pick than three, or than seven. Yeah. But yeah. really back and forth game. Stafford lit them up. Um, we should have killed them. We should have killed them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but our defense sucks. Um, <laughs> and Oh, you forgot to mention, that's what... The Colts game is also when Galladay and Trey Flowers went out. Um, oh, yeah. Galladay with the hip injury. He only played five games this season. That's going to be interesting to see if we tag him or let him walk. Yeah. And then, yeah, Swift got... What happened? To, oh, Swift was a concussion, right? Yeah, that that was after the Washington game. Swift had another awesome game. I think he had like 150 scrimmage yards, some, somewhere around there. Uh, Lions win 30-27 on the last second. Matt Prater field goal. Um, and Carolina marching into it looked like an easy win. Um, McCaffrey was out, and Teddy Bridgewater was out, and we got pooped on by P.J. Walker. So <laughs> I don't know. At that point, I was like, all right, Patricia's gone for sure. Like, I don't know. And then so we went to 4-4, four and four, sitting at 500, and then went to 4-5, and five, and we just got obliterated 20-0. Yeah. No, at that point, where were we... 500 after that game? We, after? We were 4-5. and five. We were 4-5 oh, going four and into five. the Carolina game. I take it back. Yeah. So, and then Texans came to town, and, like, I don't know what you expect from a Matt Patricia's defense. Bro, that hurt my eyes. I hated watching that game. I was waiting for that to end. I'm dead serious. That was so bad. Yeah, I was too. And I think we all kind of understood at that point that Patricia was probably gone anyway. Uh, that's when that picture with Sheila's uh, face in her hands was circulating mm-hmm. around. That was hilarious. <laughs> uh, so then Matt Patricia, Bob Quinn are finally fired uh, that Saturday. Bro, I knew it was going to happen. I told you. I'm like, it's yeah. going to happen Thanksgiving right after the game. We're good. Yeah. Um, and then, let's see, Lions went into Chicago uh, with Daryl Bevel at the head. And Ooh. defense still sucked. Um, yep. But Romeo Cuaro and Stafford kind of saved the day. And Lions Stafford had over 400 yards it. passing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with his first game when Matt Patricia's gone, which I think is absolutely hilarious. That was so poetic. I loved it. And then comes the last part of the season. We got one win under our belts. Yes, it was a little bit of a surprise comeback, but hey, it was nice. We're so excited. We think we can go in possibly beat the Packers, most likely lose, and we competed like a mother trucker. Um, we lost by seven points 
against a team who is the number one seed in the NFC. That was a very competitive game that I was actually on the edge of my seat for the whole time. Like, I don't really know how to explain it other than I didn't felt like that since we were with Caldwell. Like, it actually felt like we were competing. It felt like we had a chance the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And then, what do you say? Oh, just, yeah. That felt really felt like, I don't know. Like, especially after Green Bay went on to, like, whoop on Tennessee and beat them 40-14 mm-hmm. to 14 or whatever. Yeah. And we only lost by seven. I, I know I'm not I'm not looking for sympathy points or whatever, but I don't mm-hmm. know. That was impressive to see, in my Because I, I don't know if it's the defense, because the defense obviously still sucked, but maybe it's the Packers just playing ball control. But... But I don't know. When I lost by one score, it was impressive. So even after that game, I was still like, okay, like Bevel honestly might be the dude. Yeah, and, and you, then and you at least knew that the games were going to be watchable, kind of. Oh, hundred percent. And then the Titans happened. I I don't like <laughs> I don't I, I don't even want to talk about it. I um, still have a hot take that the Lions at least make that game close if Braden Coombs doesn't pull that. I don't think so. I think if we get the, that, then we get get, get it close. I'm glad yeah. we ran that. I'm still glad we ran that. I miss the guy, but you can't do that. Miss the um, guy. I do. He's a hell of a coordinator. But Derrick Henry murdered us for 147 yards. And then Ryan Tannehill had a good day with 273 for three touchdowns. Corey Davis had over 100 yards and a touchdown. And then what did... A.J. Brown only had five receptions for 44 yards, but he also had a touchdown. And Jono Smith actually had a good game, too, 52, recep- or 52 yards. But we, we, we sucked. That was a bad game. That was a really bad game. I was feeling like crap. I was like, okay, let's end the season. And then we... Ugh, I just felt like this game was yesterday. Like, I don't know. I'm just blocking out the Vikings game, I guess. But... Um, we got demolished by the Bucks. Stafford got injured after the first drive with the non-contact ankle injury. Yeah, and that was also the game where uh, Bevel and like the whole coaching staff was out. Yeah, so I don't really count this game towards like he didn't coach it, so I don't really count this game towards him at all, in my opinion. Yeah, like you can't. So that was bad. We realized both Chase Daniel and David Blau are not the answer back at quarterback. That's why I think we should draft a quarterback to be a backup because our backup quarterbacks are horrible. Maybe sign Fitzpatrick. That'd be awesome. I love that dude. Um, but that that was it was that was just bad. And then the Vikings game that we just talked about, and we only lost by two points. That was a well fought game by us. I liked I liked watching it except for the refs screwing us. Um, so not counting the Bucks game. This is a question to you. Not taking out the Bucks game because they didn't coach. We won by four against the Bears. We lost by seven points against the number one seed in the NFC. We lost by two points and got screwed out of it. We probably could have won that game. And then we got kind of killed by the Titans because of our defense and we couldn't stop Derrick Henry. So with that resume of, yes, it's one and three, but it could honestly be, it should have been two and two and could have almost been three and one we had a better defense against Packers. What what do you think about Derek Bubble? I th- I don't I don't think my opinion of him, of him has changed at all. I'm also not sure how much authority he had over the defense. I'm sure he was interim head coach, but 
Yeah, I don't think he had any. So, I mean, I don't think my opinion of him has changed at all. Uh, me and you were talking before we started recording. Um, I don't know. If the Lions hired him, I'd be pissed if other candidates such as Brian Dable or Robert Sala were still out there. See, and my three are, because Arthur Smith is reported, rumored to decline our interview, but I don't know. My three are, like you just said, Robert Sala is my number one, clear cut. And then I got uh, Dabble after that. Actually, I don't know. It's kind of like tied 2A and 2B. I don't You can flip them, whatever you want to do with them. Brian Dabble, the Bills offense coordinator. Just go watch the Bills offense if you haven't yet, seriously. And then Matt Eberflus, the Colts defensive coordinator. That's why they got in the playoffs, because of their defense. So I love yeah. all three of those guys. I think both me and you agree that we think Saul is going to be our head coach. I think he's the favorite right now. Um, I don't, I'm just terrified that the Lions are going to... I like They're totally set on doing this in-depth search for both the head coach and the GM, which is awesome. Love to see it. Yep, me too. But I just hope they don't take too long. Like, if you find a guy... If Eric Bieniemy can't... Is his, I don't remember if his interview is today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if Eric Bieniemy came in and checked all your boxes, sign him. Yeah, exactly. By the way, I do not want him. I don't want but, him either, but I'm saying... Yeah, it's an example. Exactly. Um, If you're like, holy cow, this guy's different. I agree. If it's sign- a gut feeling, especially, like... I know you've seen this on Twitter, and, like, I know it's kind of odd, but, like... Robert Sala gives off the same energy that Chris Millman does, in my opinion. And if Chris Millman's going to have anything to do with the head coaching and GM search, which they say he is, I'm going to love that. So I think he has a decent amount of pull. So if he realizes that he's like him, give him the damn job. Who wouldn't want a younger Chris Billman as our head coach with more experience, with coaching experience? Like that attitude as our leader of our football team? Love it. Yeah. Um, and I really hope he brings some secondary. That would be great as well. Yeah, and I think um, I think Sherman will follow him as well. Which, as a veteran yes, corner. Not yeah, as... which we talked about this earlier. Um, we both love Amani and Okuda. I do think both of them went through growing pains this year like crazy. So if we try to do, I guess, what we do with Trufant, where Sherman doesn't get injured and he does start for a little bit and then he starts getting phased out at the end, I would love that because the mentorship that Richard Sherman can bring to these two, invaluable. I don't even care if we give him a, like, not a crap ton of money, but a decent amount. I'm fine with that. He's a good corner still. And then they also got Jaquiski Tart, their safety. I like him. I would like I that too. a lot. So... Okay, like I like I said though, we'll talk about head coaches and GMs, all of them. If you guys haven't figured out um, or seen it yet, if you look at Colton's um, Instagram, if you look at Colton's Twitter, he did the thing last season where he did free agent acquisitions and drafted players to like see who we've added to the roster and who's got cut or released or traded. Blah blah blah. This year, he's going to do general managers and head coaches, which I thought was very intriguing and interesting. And good, because I usually write them all down in my notes, and then it gets to be a cluster, and I don't know which way is up. So now I get to see the tweet notification from Colton, click on it, 
take a screenshot of it, look over it. Super easy. Yep. So, yeah, with that being said, let's jump into some interviews that have happened already. Um, let's see, general managers. I'm sure we've talked about these a little bit. Scott yep. Pioli, the ex-Chiefs GM. Thomas Dimitrov, the ex-Atlanta GM. Rick Smith, the ex-Texans GM. And then some in-house people. We got Kyle O'Brien, Lance Newmark, and Rob Lohman. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all, all three of those guys are in-house from the Lions. Currently there right now. And then we have Lewis Riddick. So those are the, let's see, seven guys that have interviewed for the GM. And then for the head coaches, um, the only one I could find that has actually been interviewed, but it's weird because it hasn't been announced yet, is Marvin Lewis. Supposedly, he interviewed for them on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then we got a couple interviews this week with B Enemy. Once again, either today or tomorrow. We're recording this late Monday night. Um, we got Bevel tomorrow on Tuesday, Sala on Thursday, and then Can't interview um, Arthur Smith or Dan Campbell without. Um, permission from their respective organizations also yeah and dan campbell's an interesting one yeah that's just one that's been connected to the lines a ton um not too Mm -hmm. sure how i feel on that um but one other name that has been loosely connected to the lions is todd bowles um i don't know do you watch the fox pregame show at all no because they usually just shit on this which we have been well deserved of the last few years (laughs) But, um, no, I did hear what you were saying a little bit about that. So, yeah, Jay Glazer came on, and they're like, yo, talk to us about the head coaching carousel. So, and he mentioned Todd Bowles' name is connected to Detroit, so I'm not sure exactly what that means. Could be, uh, hey, wouldn't it be cool if not a, Mm -hmm. hey, they're looking into, so. Yeah, I'd rather not for a few Uh, different reasons, but. I don't know, I'm. 50 50 on it because it's i don't know i'm like 70 30 but um i, I mean 50 I, 50 I on an interview not 70 30 on hire not 50 50 on hiring him oh screw it no you can give him an interview i don't care we're getting everybody an interview i don't care about us interview marvin lewis either because i definitely don't want him so Me yeah neither. Go, go ahead and give him an interview um just give everybody an interview but don't take too long like you were just saying i hope i think you were the one who said it um we get Sala interviewed on Thursday, and we then we hire him on Saturday or on Monday. Yeah. Done. That'll be awesome. The GM's going to take a little bit longer, so that'll be interesting to see. And I'm hoping – I'm curious to see how he's going to form his staff. I don't know if everyone's going to be as excited as I am to see how he forms his staff. Like, that's going to be the, the – I'm, I'm really excited for that, to see who he's going to have as our offense coordinator, as our defensive coordinator, and as all of the assistants in between, like – I'm I'm through the roof excited and our strength and conditioning coach because I think we need a really really good one because whoever the hell we've been having and been keep hiring our whole team has had injuries with ACL MCL knees shoulders ankles everything pretty much everything so everything above just, the toe and below the exactly. forehead mm-hmm. so I'm hoping that um we get a solid strength and conditioning coach. People don't understand how big of a deal that is. Like they don't. Yeah, I don't. I I still can't decide if that's just like unlucky. Mm-mm. Or if I I mean obviously some of it's strength and conditioning, but I mean 
I don't know, Trey Flowers, Harold... Oh, let's talk about a little bit of Lions news. Trey Flowers had a interview, it was virtual, locker cleanout day. Oh, yeah. And Trey Flowers said he had a, what you, a fractured forearm, I think it was a hairline fracture. Um, said he doesn't need surgery, but it's super painful to play with, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, what else? I know what I want to talk about, I just have to find it, though. Um, um there it is. Go for it. Jeff Okuda, my oh, guy. Yeah. Uh, he said surgery went well, and he expects to be a full participant in off-season workouts. Um, he had a lot of communication through the year about how best to deal with the issue, and he thought communication could have been better, but didn't want to. I'm reading this from Dave Burkett, by the way, but didn't want to use it as an excuse for his play. And he also said moving laterally was fine, but opening up and running top speed was an issue, which that's a huge issue as a corner. Um, he said... You gotta uh, get to the big one, right? Um, and then he said, whatever issues I was having as far as wide receivers being able to create explosive plays, I needed to address technical things first. So yes, if that's the issue that he was having, then he definitely needed to get that figured out. But then he also said that uh, he talked about transparency and communication and having a plan. Said he's at fault too, but that's all. That wasn't there in dealing with his injury. And then he also said he's giving the realest answers yet on what went wrong with the Lions' defense this year, saying personality, scheme, and everything was a part of the struggles. But he also did never technically reference the Lions' defense as a problem. He was doing it as more of a general thing. Uh, he, wor- he He used the word dif- dysfunction. Which is yep. an extremely strong word when talking about anything, but especially Which a, I agree. A, prof- a professional football team. So that's about the most info we're going to get on what was happening behind the scenes for now. And real quick before I talk about one more player, um, congrats to Daryl Bevel, though, because I've been hearing news that he has been garnering interest, so he should get more than a couple head coaching uh, interviews, which is good for him, honestly. Yeah. And then uh, Bevel on if Stafford can be a Super Bowl winning QB. He said, I would love nothing more than for Matthew to be in that place. I think he deserves um, I think he deserves it, and if you put the right team around him, he can win a title. Bev said he wouldn't want Stafford as his QB if he gets the Lions job. And I think any GM would say that, to be quite honest with you. We're not picking one. We're not picking two. I don't know. For me, it's I don't know, because it's the, okay, Lions defense needs a rebuild. It's so uh, bad, and it needs to, that's what we need. Yeah, so it needs a rebuild, and then it's, okay, rebuild's done, defense is decent, to or good, hopefully, but defense is done, is finished being rebuilt, what's Stafford's contract looking like, what's his health looking like, what's his play looking like. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard because you have to look two, three, four, five years down the road and see exactly and try and predict what Stafford's going to be like. And if so. we're ready to go in two years, then yes, let's go for it. We're good. I, yeah. But if it takes four, if it takes four or more, I'm, I'll change my tune, but I don't think it'll take that long. I think if we hire Robert Saul as our head coach, our defense will be good to go in two years, honestly. I'm not saying they're going to be freaking top five, but they'll be average to above average, which is all we need. Yeah. And just get him a running game. I think we need another 
Dang it, see, this is what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to talk about draft stuff, but I think we need another guard. I think we need a backup running back and a backup tight end. Unless um, Hunter Bryant becomes a really good blocker, but I think he's more of a receiving tight end, which I hope we keep him next year. I think he can develop, to be honest with you. And then... Oh, that's the other thing. Uh, Taylor Decker said he's going to talk to Rod Wood to keep Matthew Stafford. <laughs> so that's my quarterback. Uh, not exactly that. It was more of a, here's what I think we should do. And obviously that included... That was one of the things. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that, was, that included Stafford. So we'll mm-hmm. see how that goes. I love Taylor I, Decker. Did you see those photos of him talk, like literally like walking down the ref after the game? <laughs> I did, yeah. Like, that would be some scary-ass crap. Like, the dude's, like, 6'7", 315. Like, ooh. Yeah. But, okay. Um, we missing anything, or is that it? I think that's about it. Obviously, we'll be doing an emergency podcast, hopefully within 24 hours, if a head coach is hired. Um, but... Hopefully we'll he doesn't hire. mean within twenty. He doesn't mean within twenty four hours of now because Zola doesn't interview till Thursday, so it'll be on Friday. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we'll see. I hope so. Uh, we will see. Just the GM is going to be slow over. rolling. We need a, We need a good general manager just as much as we need a head coach, in my opinion. Yeah. And yeah, I'm happy this season is over too. That's sad. I. It sucks because we didn't talk about this, but it sucks because. I do not think we will see the Matthew Stafford to Marvin Jones connection ever again, and especially in Detroit. And for those of you guys that do not know, Marvin Jones has the third most touchdown receptions in franchise history. That's insane. He is such an underappreciated player. He is a hell of a guy. He stays extremely healthy, to be quite honest with you. He might miss a game or two, but that's it. He's a great player. He has two of the last four seasons on IR, by the way. Yeah, but how many games is he missing? Two? Like ten. He really? Like, yeah, he missed like... He what happened? Was it last year? It was 2018 and 20... No, 2019. I know what you're talking maybe, about. Maybe it's just 2018. Yeah, no, but other than that... 2019 as well. He missed the last three or four. No, I get what you're saying, though. He's super reliable... Yeah. Um, and nobody, he lead, or he's third in the NFL in touchdowns after week eight behind Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. Wow. I did not know that one. Yeah. The dude's a beast. Love him. Super underappreciated, super underrated, super underhyped. He is an extremely humble guy. And we talked about this last episode, I think, um, he says he's excited to test free agency, so I do not think he's coming back. I don't think you do either. And he deserves that because he's 29, 29 or 30, so this is going to be his last he's big contract. 30, so if someone's willing... He's 30? I think he's 30, maybe even 31. Okay. So, yeah, this is going to be his last big contract. Go go chase the bag. Go get some money. Yep. No, but, no hard feelings. Not at all. Thank you. Seriously. He did a lot for us. But, okay. Thank you guys very much for joining us on episode 29 of the Blue Blood Podcast, the Detroit Lions 2020 season recap. It's time to have some fun in the playoffs. 
and we will go ahead and release another episode before we'll do it it'll be released thursday or friday because we want to talk about the playoffs a little bit and talk about some matchups for fun and then we will hopefully talk about some new news and interviews that are set up for gms and head coaches so thank you guys very much for joining us on episode 29 of the blue blood podcast it has been a good ride for the 2020 season peace out y'all peace out go lions Thank you.